Okay, welcome back, everyone. First of all, it's Andrew Stocker here from MetLife, so good afternoon. Welcome to the first episode from our podcast series, Life Insurance Reimagined, where we connect the dots on some very important topics related to benefits you have access to as part of the MetLife Employer Life Insurance Program. Before we get started, this is a WebEx, and it does give you an opportunity to ask some questions. And it's also being live broadcast as a podcast. So first, we just want to let everybody know on the line today that there's an opportunity at the end of this series to ask questions. So you'll see here, simply expand the questions menu bar, uh, type in your questions, press enter, and then we'll be addressing all of the questions during a Q&A section at the end of the presentation. Today on the show is Mohammed Maria from Just Wills. He's gonna help us answer all the questions about wills, what they are, why they're so important, especially in the UAE, and what steps to take to protect you and your loved ones. Arguably one of the most important personal legal documents a person should have throughout their lifetime, wills often get overlooked and sometimes are viewed as only for the wealthy or are quickly labeled too complex or too expensive to initiate, when in fact, the reality is far from the truth. So during this podcast, we're going to break down the myths and misunderstanding of wills and introduce you to a new benefit that our MetLife employer life insurance customers have access to in the UAE. So let's get started by meeting Muhammad Maria of Just Wills. Good afternoon, Muhammad. Good afternoon, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's a pleasure. It's great to have you. So listen, why don't we get started with a little bit of a background about Just Wills and how you got started in the work that you do? Uh, Just Wills, I originally joined them back in 1989 in the UK. And, uh, you know, I moved into the UAE in 2005. So I have a 25-year-plus experience in drafting wills. I must say that coming to the UAE was a new challenge for me, for the company and everything else. But uh, it's, it's been a great experience helping expats, educating them, dealing with the courts, the legal system, and just to try to create awareness for everyone. Great. So, thanks. And thanks again for joining so let's get started. You know, you talk about the complexity um, and the fact that you love helping people. So why don't we get started with some of the basics to wills? Um, first, can you explain to the listener what a will is? A will is just basically a document that lists out your wishes if you're no more tomorrow. I mean, many people should realize by now we, we've come into this world with a with an expiry date and, you know, we got to go one day or another. So it's really leaving clear instructions on certain aspects of your life, which is documented in the, will, in the, doc, in the document called a will. And this is something that is shared within the family. And it talks about things like funeral arrangements, uh, guardianship, executorship, and also how would you like your money to be, uh, 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 distributed. Uh, this is something people just don't understand. 
And being an expert, I think many experts assume, and you know what they say about assumptions, many experts assume that uh, they have nothing here or that their wishes will be applied automatically, being a uh, a non-Emirati uh, or a non-Muslim within the UAE, which is very far from the truth. So will is a document that basically lists out your wishes on, on certain matters, how you should be addressed with after you're passing away. Great. So I've got that. So let's talk about then why should someone have one, right? Why do you need one if you could just maybe just write all this out or just talk to a loved one about what your wishes are? Why is it needed? Look, a will is a obviously a legal binding document. It's got to be accepted by the court. So by just telling a loved one your wishes doesn't mean anything because it's not documented and it's got to be registered within the court. What you need to understand, Andrew, is that every country has their law. Now, the country will not tell you to make a will because at the end of the day, it's up to you, what do you want? Now, if you take the UK, for example, if you don't make a will, you will end up paying 40% inheritance tax. This can be voided by just drafting a will, but even in countries like the UK, people don't even think about it. The government is getting richer and richer with all this inheritance tax. People are getting poorer. So in the UAE, I tell people they have their own system and they're not going to force it upon you. That's why you should have a will so that your wishes are applied automatically upon your death. Great. OK, I get it. Um, so so let's talk a little bit about the UAE in particular. Um, some people are here on short assignments, some on long assignments. Some don't collect assets. Um, some may not have children, but but many do. Give me a sense of what you need to think about when it comes to the UAE. Do you actually need a will here? Look, I agree with you. People do come in on a short, short to medium term and they try to keep as minimal money in the UAE and send the majority of their money back to the home country. But you must have heard that expression, you're worth more money dead than you're alive. So when a person passes away, um, things like gratuity, company life insurance, investments, all of this is paid out post-death. So by having a will, you can dictate how would you like this money to be, uh, I mean, to whom you would like this money to be given to so that the family does not have uh, any problems dealing with the legal system here. This is why when I look at a will, I'm looking at your net value at the time of death at the time of execution. And that's something, Andrew, nobody knows because you, you don't know what you're going to accumulate here. I've seen cases where people come here temporary, six months assignment, and then before you know it, it's been one year, two years, three years, and then they sit down and think, my God, I've been here for five years and I haven't even drafted a will yet. So we're looking at long-term planning here. We're trying to look at the time of execution, at the time of death. What do you own here? And I've seen cases where people had kept very little money in the UAE, but they didn't realize they had a huge amount of money in life insurance. And when it comes to paying out life insurance, again, we're back to square one, to whom the payment should go to. Great. In fact, that's a, that's a great follow-up question that, that's not specifically here on our list, but I'll kind of ask a follow-up question. Here in the UAE, when we have an asset, like a home, uh, and let's say we have a loved one, um, whether it be a, 
typically, obviously, a spouse, um, or we have children, um, or we have a life insurance policy that's going to pay a proceed to a spouse or children. Without having a will, what's likely going to happen? What should our listener be concerned about if there's not a will present when they have either an asset like real estate or a life insurance policy uh, paying out to their loved ones? I mean, you talked about real estate. This is a, a very important matter because many people don't realize that if they have a mortgage, they should have life insurance. I'm hoping for everyone's sake, by the way, there is life insurance to cover the mortgage. But you take an example. Somebody says to me, you know what? I'm in negative equity. I owe the bank more than what I originally borrowed. But let's look at it objectively. If the person passes away tomorrow, the life insurance will be paid to the bank to clear the mortgage. The bank will give an NLC to the loved one stating the obvious that we've been fully paid. There's no monies, nothing owed to us. Here's an NLC. Now that the property is unencumbered, i.e. there's no loans outstanding, how are you going to sell the property? Who's going to sell it? Where does the money go? Where do you go? Who, do you, uh, who starts the process? So, like I said, when we're looking at a will, we're looking at all these eventualities. We're looking at all assets. I mean, I'll give you a little example. I had a case where the life insurance was paid to the bank, but the bank received an excess amount. So there was about $4.5 million extra. Now, the mortgage was paid, but the bank had $4.5 million uh, extra life insurance money. So the bank told the loved one, the spouse, that, look, we've got this money, but we can't give it to you because we need a court order. Now, you would assume that the life insurance should equal the amount of mortgage at the time of death. But in this particular case, the client had already made lump sum payments to reduce the mortgage, but the life insurance was never changed. The amount was the original amount. So the bank is sitting on $4.5 million worth of extra money. And can you believe just to release this to the family, they need a court order. Now, where does a court order come from? It comes from the court, which means you need to go and register a legal hair file, a death case. And if there's no will, the law of the land applies. Now, the law of the land, many people do not know, is actually based on the Sharia principles. Now, in many cases, this may not be in line with the wishes of the person who had passed away, the deceased. But at the end of the day, the law is there. The system is there. The court is not going to force you to make a will. This is something you should know, you should actually deal with right now. So this is why I say, even if you have life insurance, you still, in some cases, you may need a will to unblock that money for it to go to the beneficiary. Okay. Clearly, a complex set of scenarios can occur post-death. And this is the real importance of wills. Now, interestingly, I got a few questions already from those that are listening in, and we had it down as one of our top four questions already. Um, I have a will from my home. Personally, I do. United States, I have my will. Does it work here? The question came up. Can, can a will be accredited internationally? Unfortunately not. Every country has their own law, their own system. The UAE has their own court system where you should register the will during your lifetime as per the court format and pay the fees and register it in the court so that it will be accepted at the time of death. 
Okay, great. Thank you so much. I think that really gives us a good understanding of the basics of wills. So, okay, Muhammad, I want to switch gears a bit for the listener. So we now know what a will is, right? What its purpose is. And we know the importance of wills when it comes to protecting our family and our assets. So now let's turn our attention to assisting our listeners towards the steps of creating a will. Before I do that, um, I just want to make a comment because it was a great question about does MetLife provide will services? Well, in fact, we do. MetLife and Just Wills launched a partnership earlier this year to make wills more accessible to our life insurance customers uh, by offering complimentary consultation with Muhammad and then member discounted costs associated with will writing services. And so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that after we get through these last few questions so that everybody's aware of how to unlock those services um, once you decided that you'd like to, to move forward and, and uh, work with Muhammad on uh, discussing the appropriateness of a will for you. Okay, so let's get to the other questions. Um, let's start with, tell me about what I need to do first. What's that first step? Mohammed, that you recommend to the listener in terms of setting up and beginning the discussions for a will? For me, what is more important, because if you are having children, it's very important you need to decide who are the guardians for the children. Let's look at it objectively. We are economic expats living in the UAE. Our Our family our close friends, they're not living with us. When I say family, I'm talking about the extended family. So we need to think outside the box in case, God forbid, if both partners were to pass away, who will look after the children? So this is when I'm talking to someone, I would say, you know what? We need to look in a situation in case, God forbid, and everything's God forbid, if both husband and wife pass away, who will look after the children. So in terms of information, it would be good for the couple to decide who are the backup guardians for the children in case both husband and wife pass away. You may know this, Andrew, the UAE is a very multicultural country. Um, You know, you've got people from all over the world. There are, in some cases, two people from different nationalities, different religions that are married and having their own children. So they got to decide who will be the guardians. Where does the children go in case, God forbid, the husband and wife is no more? So for people or couples who are having children, it's very important they should know who are the guardians. In my experience, this is a very delicate matter. It's a very tricky matter because if you're coming from two different backgrounds, the husband may say, you know what, I want my family to look after the children. The wife could say, I want my family to look after the children. I mean, by the way, we're not even talking about the money, the financials. We're just talking about guardianship, which is, sorry to say, it's common sense. But uh, again, many people overlook this point. So if you have children, yes, guardianship is very, very important because we need to think in case in the level two, if the parents are no more, the children needs to go back to a family. And it has to be a blood relation who will have to travel into the UAE, take the children back out of the UAE to the home country. So guardianship for me, I would say, is very important when you are talking about wills and, and, and legacy planning. So it sounds like 
the, the that first step, if I could just summarize it, is you got to be prepared to have the discussion with you about first and most importantly how you'd like children to be cared for in the event of the death of you or the death of, in this case, potentially both parents. Um, and, and obviously talk a little bit about, uh, um, be prepared to talk about that. And then obviously from an asset perspective, you'll obviously want to sit down and, um, and talk with uh, the, the listener about that as well. So, so let's move to that next question. Do, do I need to prepare? Or do they need Anything prior to that first call? No, I mean, I think the first call is more for a general understanding about how the system works and the coverage of the will, taking into account the financials for registration and the fees for drafting the will. I think that's more sort of for the first call. But I will obviously talk about guardianship as well. So it's more food for thought. When somebody calls in, they will take information from me for them to, you know, at their own time, at their convenience, to speak to their to their partner about it, and maybe to contact their extended family back in the home country to get more information or get their permission uh, if if they want to act as the guardian for the children. Right. Okay. So now we know what that first call is going to look like. What we need to be thinking about even though that there doesn't need to be much preparation. We're thinking about our children. We're thinking about our assets. We're coming somewhat prepared. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the cost. That's the big question in the room, I think, for a lot of people, uh, especially these days. We can't underestimate the importance of the will, but many times I think people think it's quite expensive. Let's talk about um, what they should expect from working with just wills, uh, especially in light of the relationship that... uh, you have and you've built with MetLife, uh, and then talk about what it looks like in the marketplace and what will writing and which uh, courts to choose. You, you share all that information uh, quite well. Take us through that. Okay, look, the will for me, number one, it's usually in three parts. The first part, obviously, is the guardianship, and that is split into two parts. Who will be the temporary or the interim guardians? Those are persons living in the UAE who will get to the scene to look after the children. And then you have the permanent guardians who will travel from the home country, uh, a blood relation, to come and take the children back to the home country. So that first part is to do with the guardianship. The second part is obviously who are the beneficiaries. So I've seen very lately many women, professional working women, who have decided that uh, if they were to pass away, they would like to leave their estate to the children, funny enough, not to the husband, because their argument is the husband already has a lot of money. Why should I give my money to him? Let it go to the children. So that is called the beneficiaries, where you are deciding to whom the money of the estate should go to. The third part, who will look after the money for the children? For example, let's take a hypothetical example that the husband says, you know what, husband and wife, sorry, says, you know what, if we both are not here today, let the children go to the wife's mother so she becomes like a second mother. I call this the physical guardian. But then the husband might say, I want my brother to look after the financials for the children. In other words, school fees, maintenance, medical expenses, and so forth. Then that person becomes the financial guardian or the executor. 
So when I draft a will, I'm taking all these three points into consideration. But the will itself is general, which means it will cover you for everything you own in the UAE, whether it's property, bank accounts, life insurance, money investments, stocks, shares. Even you have jewelry or locker account. You know, you might have an antique car. It's all part of the will. So the will is very generic. I try to cover all angles. I mean, if there's young children, we can look at something called a disaster clause. That is in case, God forbid, and everything's God forbid. If husband and wife and children were to pass away in a freak accident, where does the money estate goes to? So even that is part of the will. So when I draft the will, it will be as per the client's wishes, taking into consideration all the assets and everything else. And we'll draft the will um, and send it for approval. After the approval of the will, then you have a choice of three courts to register the will. You have the Abu Dhabi court. They charge 1,500 dirham to register the will. There is no need for you to go to Abu Dhabi court. It covers you uh, for the whole of the United Arab Emirates. So whether you have a bank account in Dubai, you have a property in Russell Hamer, you might have an Abu Dhabi visa, you're covered for you know the whole of the UAE. And you do not need to go to the court. One thing, I mean, very positively that has come out from this COVID-19 situation is that Abu Dhabi court is allowing the wills to be registered via a WebEx call. So that is one court. The second is the Dubai court itself. They charge approximately 2,700 dirham, but you need to go there in person and it covers you for the UAE. The third court is the DIFC court. They charge a fee of 10,000 dirham to register the will. DIFC is a private entity. It's a spinoff from Dubai court. So they're running, you can say, a system where they're allowing expats to register the wills. The good news is that all three courts work. You have a choice. And uh, obviously, when I'm speaking to the uh, to the potential caller, I will be giving him all three options. And I will also give him my opinion which court I would recommend. I think it depends on your circumstances, on your situation. But what I need you to understand, the fact that the will covers all the assets, including the guardianship of the children, so when you're looking at the will, you must think about the guardianship as well, as well as coverage of the assets. And also, who will look after the financials for the children? That is the financial guardian as well. All of that forms part of the will. And every caller who calls in, I'll be giving all the information, emailing the documents if necessary, so that I have a clear picture and understanding what they need to know and, and, and obviously decide within the family. We do have a corporate rate for MetLife customers as well. So I would want to do this, you know, you know yourself, or I can give the financials as well. But uh, there is a competitive rate on the market. Now, if you are looking at other providers, the fees can range anything from two thousand up to five to six thousand dirhams per person. And we, we obviously have a, a commercial rate, a, co- a corporate rate for all MetLife callers. That's great. Thank you. Um, and I think you sort of summarized the, the last question. So I think we'll, um, we'll move on in a second here to some of the questions that came in from uh, those that are listening live. Um, so let me just summarize what I heard and ask for you to confirm, because I think it sounds like a, a very good deal. 
first of all, we're talking about a, a complimentary consultation uh, free of charge. This gives the individual a chance to talk about their own personal situation for you to give them guidance on how you think you should be structuring guardianship as well as the will. Um, and then from there, obviously, you remembered you, 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 uh, you, you sorry, you mentioned the uh, member corporate discounted rate for the MetLife uh, member customer, which is great. You're going to walk them through that. And then you're going to talk about the different court systems and why one court might be more beneficial than the other. We know you work very closely with the Abu Dhabi court, not only because of uh, the cost being uh, slightly uh, better, but also I think some of that ease of, of working with, uh, with that court. So it's very comprehensive information. Thank you so much. And I think Obviously, our, our listeners will get a chance to connect with you and talk a little bit more in detail uh, about uh, about the program. So, so let me let me stop there. Um, I do want to ask one more question before we get on to the uh, to the other questions that came in from the callers. Talk a little bit about how they can get in touch with you. And of course, we do have information for uh, the HR leaders of customers, and we're going to be sharing that down to the members. But for the callers on the phone that would like to connect with you, listening in, um, how, how best to get in touch with you, Mohammed? You can call 800 Wills, that is 800 uh, the, the calls are manned uh, seven days a week. When you do call, please make sure you let the office know that you are a MetLife customer so that uh, the corporate rate would be applied automatically. Then once I obviously get the message, I'll call the person back. I'll, then, you know, give them the consult as per our arrangement, give them all the information they need to know about local laws, international laws, and what have you. And then I will email all the details to the caller. And if they want to take the matter further, then uh, we can arrange for either a Zoom call or a um, uh, a meetup if necessary, and then take it from there. Okay, great. With that, Mohammed, uh, I'm going to turn my attention now to um, some of the questions that came in as we were uh, having our chat. Um, some of them specific, uh, so uh, so I imagine some very interested listeners out there. Uh, I'm going to ask this one, which is. Um, does the will beneficiaries only have to be direct family or can they include partners? The beneficiary is entirely up to the person making the will, the testator. He can decide who the beneficiaries are. I know this is going to sound bizarre, but if somebody says he wants to leave the estate to his next door neighbor, he can make the will accordingly and the court will accept it. Okay, great. Um, Follow-up question. Can the government, and in this case, let's say we're talking about the UAE and the courts, overrule the will? See, the whole reason for you to register the will in the court is so that it will not be overruled. Otherwise, your original question, if Robert or Will back from my home country, would it be accepted here? That's when the court can overrule the will and apply the local law. So by having your will registered in the court, yes, I agree, they will follow it and they will make sure the monies go straight to the beneficiaries and the person who's dealing with the, um, the, the execution 
you have full control over the will dealing with all the government departments and dealing with the financials. So this is why you have the financial controller who is de- dealing with the execution of the will, and then you have the beneficiary who receives the money, the estate. So that is the difference there. But to answer your question, if the will is registered in the court, they will honor it. To the letter of the law, they will accept it. Great. That's wonderful. And a follow-up question. Um, wills apply to Muslims only? That's a question. What about Hindus? What about other religions of those who are residing here in the UAE? Okay, let me explain. Anyone can make a will. If you are a Muslim by religion, you only have discretion of up to one third of your estate. You can choose the guardians, that's the physical and the financial, you have full control over that. But in terms of your estate, if you're a Muslim by religion, and it doesn't matter which part of the world you're from, you only can make a will of up to one third. For non-Muslims, whether you are Buddhist, Christian, Hindu, that makes no difference. The court has a system for non-Muslims to register the wills, and they have 100% discretion discretion on whom they would like to make the will to. Okay, great. I'm going to ask you one more question. One question for myself, and then I think we'll wrap up. Um, This is more of a question related to taxation, and I bet you probably get some questions uh, from your customers as well. Um, Are there inheritance taxes in the UAE? No, there is no IHT in the UAE. They will never be inheritance tax. However, depending on your nationality, depending on which passport you're holding, you may need to disclose your inheritance in the UAE back to your home country. For example, you have an American passport. Then you have no choice due to factor that you will have to uh, disclose all the inheritance back to your home country. Now, what they do, if they tax you, that's between you and them. But the UAE is not taxing you for anything. Yes, you do have something like the land department fees where you transfer the um, the property from husband to wife. You might have to pay the transfer fees, but that's not inheritance tax. So to answer your question, there is no inheritance tax in the UAE. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, last question uh, came to me. Um, is this a new benefit for all group life insured members with MetLife? As I mentioned earlier, the answer to that is yes. Earlier in the year, Just Wills and MetLife formed a partnership uh, to bring uh, wills and availability of wills closer to the community. It's something that MetLife has done around the world in many markets for over 20 years. We were very excited to be able to bring not only complimentary consultation, um, to our members, but also uh, member discount rates, as Muhammad mentioned. Um, this just makes it a lot easier for our members to get access to information and then hopefully uh, the opportunity to, um, uh, to, to complete a will based upon the needs that they have in the market. So we'll be getting out more information, obviously, to our life insurance customers we use this podcast as a way to be able to share this information with our members. And um, with that, I'd like to thank Muhammad from 
Just Wills, uh, and thank all of our listeners today. Have a great rest of the day and a great week ahead. Thank you, everyone. Thank you very much, Andrew.